once again to Centerleft Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows, one of the shows that we have up on air and online. 24-7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. Two links, you know the drill. The first is our podcast feed, uh, 40 or 50. I, I, I keep promising myself I'm going to count, or maybe there's somewhere in the website of the, of the organization that, that, that manages our podcast feed. They must say how many uh, shows are kept up. But I know that after a while, well, not after a while, uh, I've, we've filled the full column. And what happens is, as you add one, another gets knocked off. But what the total number is in between, somewhere between 40 and 50. So if you uh, are interested enough to want to go back and, and, and sort of, and sort of uh, peruse the history of our thought processes here and, and, and how we develop ideas, well, you have that option. It's in there in the podcast feed. Uh, there is also, of course, the radio loop. And that's simply for those of you who really, really get off on that sensation, that idea of, of, of joining a conversation midway through, not wanting to necessarily be in the audience uh, while people are chatting, waiting for the, for, the, uh, for the participants to show up on stage and listening it all, going through all the introductions, and, and then the whole thing begins in earnest with a logical, reasonable expression of what today's topic is and who the people are and why they're, why they're qualified. Now, you want to jump into the middle of it, get into it, figure out what's going on, get to the end, and then get back to the beginning. Why did it go where it went? Well, I'd need to know where it has been, and that's fine if, if that's what you want because with the podcast feed, about four seconds after the show ends, that center-left radio show ends, and it's this one, the one you're listening to, it starts over again. Kind of a, you know, analogish kind of feel it, with, with a twist. The twist being that it begins again. Uh, either way, we're glad to have you with us as we... Uh, Return from Labor Day, that, that, that great dividing line, uh, the great American dividing line. Uh, th there are any number of, of uh, markers that we could use in the course of a given year that uh, sort of suggest uh, or, 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 or are indicative of uh, changes in behavior, changes in mindset. Uh, the on the the the, uh, the I was gonna say the onslaught. In many ways, it is the onslaught. The coming of the holiday season and one holiday at a time, uh, causing us to do things. And of course, with Christmas, it's shopping. With Halloween, it's all the pumpkin. Well, it's, it's all shopping, really, is what what it comes down to. Fourth uh, uh, of July, I don't know. Mother's Day, I don't know. Labor Day is kind of particular in that it is truly a marker, a seasonal shift marker, wherever you are in the country. 
Uh, it is not really weather dependent. Uh, it is about a change of perspective. You, you go from, well, we're supposed to go, it's the, the, the suggested uh, uh, general trend of the country is supposed to be from a vacation mindset, the traditional thing is, from a vacation mindset suddenly to a scholastic, more down-to-business mindset. With that, the, uh, the sort of the uh, re-emergence of business activity that certainly may have been in a bit of a lull during August. If you were in Europe, you would see it far more, uh, far more uh, immediately. August, uh, you know, anyone has been there. Uh, there is plenty of tourists, but but too much of Europe is shut down. America doesn't shut down the same way. We 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 don't do that, uh, but. But we do largely kind of chill uh, for August, and then things start anew. And 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 the and 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 it's and there's just this this such an obvious change, especially if you are anywhere living anywhere near a school, which is to say that's most of us in this country. Hopefully, anyway, that there that there's a reasonably close school. And you see the change in traffic patterns. I, I know around here where we are in the river towns up and down the Hudson River in Westchester County, uh, where the, the, the main, uh, one of the main arteries uh, going through all of these towns is the relatively narrow Route 9. And uh, during the summer months, you can traverse it uh, uh, in the mornings and the afternoons, any time of the day, pretty much, without anything that would even vaguely suggest a traffic jam or, God forbid, a rush hour. But as school begins again, and that'll be tomorrow, Wednesday, the, uh, the, the 6th of September this year, uh, that will change. And having lived around here for a few decades, you you um, you you notice it. It's it's not like oh gee, what a gradual. Th no, those big, massive yellow school buses are out there, and they are basically uh, stopping traffic when they stop to pick up kids or let them off in the afternoon, and it changes your life, or certainly your driving habits and driving patterns. It changes them in a profound way. So that Labor Day, the passing of Labor Day, basically it has a very immediate sort of impact on people's lives. And back in the day, this would be the, the moment when the sprint to elections that November would really be in full, in full run. The conventions took place during the summer and the, um, and, and, and the first major bits and pieces of, of heavy-duty campaigning followed that. People weren't campaigning at all, really, in any sincere way, until the conventions, the nominating conventions, uh, dealt with who the candidate was going to be. America was not prepared. We were not 
our mindset was not such that we were we were prepared to live in a literally a, a full-time perpetual campaign mode. We have gotten there now. There's no there's no trigger uh, that that is coming with this particular Labor Day. Uh, that okay, you could say okay. It's it's well. It's another. There'll be another Labor Day to come before the election comes. But then again, if you went back last year to last Labor Day, if you you were already talking about the next campaign, the next election, the next possibility. Donald was Donald made sure by basically lying about the nature of his loss or that he'd lost, and with all of the, with the insurrection and now all the criminality, he made sure that he held the spotlight, always believing that if he could stay out in the public eye, as long as he was the center of attention, he could control what was happening around him. And he's learning, and we've talked about this on recent shows, that while on the one hand, Yes, uh, he he has a loyal following within the base. He's thirty uh, the, near the uh, Wall Street Journal poll that came out this morning uh, with uh, within the uh, the base that will be out there voting in the primaries. He's got something like a thirty-five or forty-point lead right now. Uh, uh, amazing for a guy who's got ninety-one you know criminal counts against him, four major criminal indictments twice impeached, all of that has, in his, by virtue of his cap capability, been turned into a plus for purposes of this relatively small slice of the electorate called the base. Yet they are virulent, they are, they are absolutely committed, they are absolutely uh, behind him 100%. He can do no wrong. He is the greatest president of all time. He, and, and of course, when questioned and when the details, although the details are not important, it's the feeling, it's the emotion. And the main part, the main component of that emotion is this shared sense of grievance and anger, which basically is just another form, one of the avatars of fear. And it's, it's, it's remaining linked into that and the belief that Donald, in his suffering, in, in, in sort of an almost Christ-like uh, uh, suffering pattern that he's going into, I have been wrong, blah, 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 I am doing it for you, I am, you know, I am dying for your, uh, for your sins, or whatever, how, however far this goes, you know, but at least Christ before Pilate, at least we have that much of a, of a reasonable analogy here, called the entire criminal justice system Pilate, perhaps, that, that much that much he feels he can control, and he has a base that will link up with him around these uh, sentiments of grievance. That's, that's standard Trump procedure. And, and speaking of that, of that poll, the, uh, the, the most recent Wall Street Journal poll, if you can take it at face value, here, at this point, here we are, where we are still, this is 14 or 15 months out from the general election. Supposedly, Joe Biden and Donald Trump are 
neck and neck, both, both at, 40, I think, 46%. Uh, you know, uh, would vote for Trump, 46% would vote for Biden, and another, I don't know, is it 8 9% something? No, whatever's left over, are undecided at this stage in the game. Now, this is, I, I, I don't know how to express, oh, and, and, and by the way, and one of the big reasons for the, for the closeness, apparently, is the, uh, is the age factor. Donald is 78, 77, and, and Joe is 79, I think, right now, or has he turned 80? But, but there is just not much difference there in age. But because of Donald's rather uh, energetic way of lying and bitching and moaning and bellowing, he is perceived uh, and and defensiveness and 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 willingness to tear down everything and denial and and just this 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 slather slathering on the anger and everything else that level of negative energy the or it, it pr gives a presumption when when people are that negative it is presumed i think this is part of it's, it's it's part of a psychology thing we presume them to be more energetic we presume that it takes that much more uh energy and and maybe strength to to uh, express that much bile and venom and 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 vindictiveness and 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 uh, uh being wronged and 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 uh, grievance and that 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 somehow is in many people's minds linked to a certain vibrancy. I I can't explain that. I will say that 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 Donald uh, looks a little more sprightly uh, going up and down uh, air airplane steps than than Joe does. Okay, fine, but. On top of that, anyone who knows anything about, uh, you know, physiology or knows anything about uh, lifestyle uh, and, and its effects on the aging process, Donald is a ticking time bomb uh, for things that can go wrong in a big damn hurry uh, at that age because he has taken no care of his physical self, uh, other than not being a drinker, I understand, and a lot, a lot of that had to do with watching his, um, his older brother, uh, his demise uh, to alcohol. But his eating habits, his weight, uh, his, his, his utter lack of exercise and everything else, um, these are not the types of things. Uh, and, and his... And his <laughs> <laughs> what, what did he say in the, in the Georgia indictment? Uh, his people put the information in for him. This was not taken at the courthouse, at the, Ful uh, at the Fulton County Jail. But they, they put in that he was 215 pounds uh, with, uh, with strawberry blonde hair. That was part of his ID. And six foot three. He's not. Uh, the one time that I had an, uh, a face-to-face -face interaction with him, I can tell you that he's closer to about, uh, I'm, I'm told of him, he's about six foot one. Uh, at this point, I would say he's, he's 
if he's a pound, he's 260 if he, if he weighs an ounce. Uh, that's just the way he's set up. And his, um, well, he's, he, lies, he lies about everything else. Why not that? The, the issues coming down the path right now, though, uh, are, are so, they, they, would, they would appear to people on, the, those of you listening to this show, regular listeners, and who, and who have a, uh, some, some grasp on reality, you would think that there's got to be a, a tipping point. There's got to be a point where people begin to sort of dis, disconnect from the whole Trump thing. It, it's, it's not just Donald, it's the, whole, it's the whole grievance machine that he basically fronts. And we know that a lot of that was beginning to happen uh, as people were being uh, indicted and convicted uh, with relationship to the uh, insurgency uh, with the, that, that took place on January 6th. It's still going on. People are still being arrested now by the FBI. There were so many people involved. Not all the cases have happened. That process goes on and on and on. But there's still, even with all these indictments, nothing really has, he, Donald hasn't paid a price. He flies in and out of the airspace of wherever it is, a motorcade, a long stretching five or six or seven or eight car black flashing limousine motorcade. Every indicia of presidentialness, of power, is part and parcel of his going to his arraignments. It's, it, is, it is basically a, a presidential arraignment, and the media on all sides willingly buys into it and simply carries it and just refeeds this, this notion that, well, he must still be powerful. And to those who are basically worshipfully, worshipfully following him, it just simply reinforces this. What will be, what could be the tipping point? Well, we, 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 we've talked about this. And it will be it will be convictions. Uh, very possibly the activities of the court during the Atlanta trial, which is, which is scheduled to begin. When is Atlanta supposed to begin? Oh, dear God. I mean, you, you know, you're losing track of these things. This one is supposed to be in the spring. Is Atlanta in the spring? Uh, there are those who are going for a quickie trial right now, a, a disconnected trial, which is supposed to be uh, in, in six weeks or something. Uh, Fannie Willis apparently is going to begin trying several of the defendants. There's a motion basically on her part. No, no, I can't do this. And they're part of the same thing. Your Honor, force everybody to come and be uh, tried simultaneously. There'll be motions against that on the other side. I don't know when, when, you know, what week, what month Donald will actually find himself in the Atlanta courthouse, having to be there day after day, by the way. And, 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 this, and this is the point. 
When Donald is arraigned, Donald then goes and has a rally, flies to an immediate rally somewhere else in the country, and begins raising money. This, this, is, the, this is the new wrinkle in the, in the Donald uh, grift. And, and so the moment something has happened, it's brief, it's a question of uh, 15 or 20 minutes. He takes a motorcade in. He takes a motorcade out. We watch his airplane uh, with the Trump name on it fly in. We watch it during the flight. They, they practically track it every inch of the way from either Bedminster or wherever, Florida, and we're watching it land, and we're watching it pull into a private uh, a taxi to a private strip somewhere off at the edge of the airport, and then, and then more cars are coming and pay, and it's it feels the sense of it is total control on his part that will not be the case with the trials now so far as we know at this moment the only trial that is guaranteed to be televised is Fonnie Willis's trial in, uh, in Atlanta. That will be televised. Now, and by the way, and, that's, and that's, that's a monster, of course. There are 19 co-defendants, uh, a, a bunch of unnamed co-conspirators. Uh, there are people who are trying to sever. There's, there is uh, Mark Meadows trying to move his trial to federal court. I think Donald has already made that motion. I'm not sure, but he's waiting to see how Mark works out. Uh, th there are all sorts of things rolling and moving, parts happening simultaneously there. But at some point before the election, Donald will be in a courtroom in Georgia. At some point before an election, he will be before uh, uh, Judge Chuckin, basically, on the, um, which one does she have? She has the, not, does she have the Mar-a-Lago? No, she has, she has the, uh, the January 6th trial, uh, uh, the Jack Smith's Jack, uh, January 6th trial. That is scheduled for March 4th. And every indication is right now that she and others, judges, so, so set up for these things, is strongly considering, it's within their discretion, to televise these cases, which would mean that Donald would be seen in public. He would be seen by the public sitting at a defense table doing whatever it is he felt he had to do, but not having the option of getting up and walking away. And he would have to shut his mouth. He would have to remain silent as things that undoubtedly would bother the hell out of him will be said in court. He will then have to watch his attorneys answer things and say things that would be directly opposed to instructions that he might have given them to lie about stuff. And he's going to have to put up with this every single day that the court is in session. His attorneys will not be able to go outside the courthouse after any one day's session.
and basically lie about how well they are doing in court, how the facts and the law are basically working in their favor for a simple reason, because the public will have already seen what's going on in that courtroom. And we all know that Donald is committed to trying to try these cases in the court of public opinion because, as has become apparent to most people, looking at the indictments and looking at whatever responses his team has given, there ain't no legal basis for defending himself. So he's basically playing this one as though it was any other bad situation he's gotten himself into, running with it as far as he can, and ultimately simply settling when it looks as though things aren't going to go in his direction, and, running, and then running off and doing something equally ridiculous or horrible and living to fight another day. That's not the case here. His, his ability to control, to be aggrieved and to basically be annoyed and will is still linked with an ability to control. His grievance and anger and venom expressed at everyone and everything is still to this day wrapped in his capacity to control everything around him. That control is about to evaporate. No, we haven't seen it yet. We've seen nothing but these cases, the court cases, uh, and, and the, 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 the churning of the wheels of the system. We have not seen, we've yet to see consequence. Donald suffer consequence. He's, he's still the number one, uh, number one in line to be the, uh, the, uh, the, the nominee of the Republican Party. It, nothing real has happened. He, he, in a very real sense, they ain't laid a glove on him yet. It's all happening. It's all in the system. It's all being processed. But he is a free man going, yes, yes, you don't know it, you don't realize it, but his freedom is wholly contingent according to the conditions of bail in the four cases, in the four criminal cases. His, 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 uh, his ability to remain out of jail pending his trial is totally dependent on his basically uh, living in, in, in concert with the restrictions that his that his uh, his bail uh, imposes on him who can't he attack who may he how far may he go how far can he take his 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 foot off the, what can he do with his fellow defendants how what can he do to witnesses what by implication uh, what what can't he do to sully a jury pool it seems as though he is allowed to attack the judge, to attack the district attorney or the special prosecutor, that goes on unabated. Calling them crazed and crazy and hateful and lying. And apparently, that for some reason is still permissible. We see this on a regular basis. I, I don't know why. 
I, I, I don't know that this, is, that this is supposed to be permissible. I don't know that this is something you would expect in, in any other lawsuit. But it seems to be allowed here. And, and the sum result of all this is that Trump supporters, true Trump supporters, still have no reason not to support him. The indictments, eh, just people lying about Donald because they have Trump derangement syndrome. None of it's true. It's all a lie. The, the, actual, the actual going into court, the fingerprint, nah, a chance to send more money to Donald and basically watch him fly in and out on his 757 with his name on the side and to be escorted by you know, seven or eight black SUVs. Come on, people. This is not the stuff you do with a criminal. This is, this is the stuff you do with a leader, with a president. This looks very, very presidential. My God, it's, a, it's, it's US-1 with, with the president's name on it, isn't it? And this is what Trump's people are seeing and absorbing and being fed until the trials and the convictions and the sentencing begins to take place. And that's going to happen before the election in at least one, probably two of the cases. At least I would say probably at least two at this point. There is going to be, as we get closer to the election, a reality check that is going to finally be embedded. It, 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 will, it will supersede virtually everything else that Trump supporters will have taken in up to that point. You're going to watch the guy have to sit through every single day of the trial. It's not going to be, I'm going to get up and I'm going to leave. It's not, and he's going to have to shut his mouth. And he's going to have to hear people say things about him. And he's going to have to be able to, to just sort of take it all in. And he's not going to be able to fly back home and fly back and forth every single night. And there's not going to be a cavalcade of, well, I don't know, maybe they will try to have the cavalcade of, of, of SUVs to take him wherever he would stay, let's say perhaps in Washington or Atlanta. But he's going to have to, he, the, you, take, you take the 757 out of the equation, and you're going to take, especially in Atlanta, the ability of his, of, his, uh, of his lawyers to basically say whatever they're going to say that would be in total contradiction of what has happened in the court. Because the stuff that's going to be brought out in court is going to be dreadful. And Donald's going to have to be there. And what you're going to see, what his people are going to see, is going to be side-by-side -side shots. You won't see the jury. But you'll see who's ever testifying or hear who's ever testifying. And side by side, you're going to watch Donald's expression. And you're going to watch this guy put his head down. And you're going to watch him put his and turn his head to his attorneys and tell them, why aren't you defending that? Or you might watch him be totally, could, could he be totally stone-faced 
as people are saying that he's a liar, a cheat, that it was his fault, that I did this strictly at his behest, nothing, nothing, and, 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 and he's going to be dying to get on the stand and swear that it wasn't him and he'll do it under oath, and you're going to watch this tension building. This is what you're going to see day by day. This is what his followers, Fox will have to show it, everybody will have, I mean, it's possible that's, that some networks may actually try not to show what's going on. But Fox will actually show it. And, and, uh, and, CNN, and CNN will show it, and MSNBC will show it, and the main broadcast stations will show it. And you will see him, and at some point, you're going to watch him begin to frazzle and fizzle. And all of, and you're going to, and the sum total of what was being said on a given day will, will never jibe with what his attorneys will attempt to say. If they do attempt to lie about what was said in the court that day, there will be a side-by-side -side tape of what exactly was said and what the lawyers are trying to say happened. And, and basically it'll be, well, look at the lie that this is. That's going to start happening. But it's not going to happen for a while yet. Now, there, there's another thing that I'm... Uh, and, and because of that, largely, Trump followers are still feeling their oats as it were. There, there's no real sense of Donald being in a defensive or a takedown position. Now, I, I, I have found myself of late uh, in conversations with Trump supporters. Uh, there, there's, a, there, there's, a, there, uh, there's a fellow who, um, I, I'm not going to get into names, but he, he, he wrote a book. And he is a very very intelligent scientist. Uh, it is, uh, it, 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 the book is about uh, stuff that, all, everything that has to be done uh, to make um, uh, people survive in space or underwater, all the, all the different type of breathing things that have to be, stuff that, that we don't consider as much as we should. Uh, and, 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 and the science of it and how it was all developed and so on and so forth. And I didn't realize it when I was first talking to him. I've seen him a few times. This came up recently. But, uh, but I was having a, a conversation with someone else. Uh, this, was at a, this was at a local, uh, local uh, restaurant bar in, in, in our area. And I was mentioning, uh, I was talking about uh, Donald and, and, and feelings and issues about him. And this guy who happened to be nearby, and I had been talking to him earlier, he left uh, and came back and, and uh, suddenly heard me and said, oh, and I said, well, what's the matter? And I said, uh, he said, come on, oh, you're not, gonna, you're not going there. I said, going where? He said, come on, the whole, you know, the whole, you know, the whole thing, uh, the, the whole Trump derangement syndrome. He, he used those words. And I said, wait a minute. I said, wait a minute. And, and I, 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 try, I didn't want to get into a, uh, it, it, this was, by the way, this is a total, a total 180 from the conversation I had had with him earlier. Suddenly, he was defending Donald. I didn't expect this. And I don't know why it just came into my head, but I, I asked him a question. I said, okay, look, 
You're a scientist. Facts are everything. You have developed things and worked with things and, and then the stuff that you describe in your book, you cannot afford to mess around with anything but absolutely established facts. And as a scientist, you know how to find facts. You know how to confirm and verify. If someone throws some kind of BS at you, you know that if you accept something that's not verified, someone in a capsule under the sea or up in the air or in space could die if you did something simply because there was a political motivation or you had a grievance against someone or something else. No answer to that so far. I said, so I said, answer me one question. One question. Did Donald win the 2020 election? Please, yes or no? Ah, oh, you see, there you go. Wouldn't answer it. Did Donald win? I said, you're a, man, you're a scientist, you're a man of facts. You, you did, ah, oh, you see, I, I, you wouldn't answer it. Now, it told me, it told me very specifically, and I, I let it go at that point, let it go. And it, but it told me that he knew, of course he knew that he hadn't won. Of course, sitting and talking with friends and everybody uh, in his political circle, of course he'd say he did. And they'd bitch and moan and Donald was being taken down and it was totally unfair. But the notion of Donald winning the election was not based on fact. His life, this guy's life, his science, was based on facts. So that there is this carve-out, this exception to everything in his life to allow Donald in because Donald is the pathway to grievance and anger and letting stuff out that might otherwise not be let out. But of course, the the downside of carving out a space in your soul, in your psyche, for Donald, is that it begins to infect everything else around you. It was very easy with this guy to, to basically differentiate between his life and his thought processes as a scientist and the ridiculousness of saying that Donald won the election. He couldn't even say it to me straight out. I know we both understood what was going on there. And he, and he was annoyed. He was like, oh, you know, okay, that's it. We'll stop right there. No problem. No problem. Have a good day. But th there is this, this point where there is a, a disconnect, and, and that disconnect makes things all the more difficult to talk to people about anything involving Donald. I, my, 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 my one question... The single question, when I find myself in these conversations between now and whenever, and until, until the, the, the tide begins to turn more on its own, I am simply going to ask people, okay, you support him, you love him, he's great, he was the, yes, he was the, it was the greatest president of our, I'm not going to go into details, but no, fine. Answer me one question, it's a yes or no question. Did Donald win the election. Don't just say it because whatever you have to say, because you have to say it to me, because I'm a lib and you're, but no. Do you believe, do you know, do you know that Donald won the election? Yes or no? Did he win it? Yes or no? I expect some will say yes, and that will end the conversation instantaneously. Because then, 
I would say, maybe I could say, I said, I said, I would have a hard time believing anything else you told me. That, because we both know that that's not true. But if they waffle, then I get that there is, there's a difficulty here. There's this one set of responses and one kind of a persona that is exposed to the world of others so situated in the grievance machine. And then there's another when you're confronted with the truth. Donald's lawyers are going to be going through the tortures of the damned to keep this guy from jumping on the witness stand and acting as though he's at a political rally. It will ruin him. It will ruin their case. It will destroy everyone and everything. And the, and the full weight of the justice system will come down on him mercilessly. With, with, he would just be ripped to shreds. Uh, a jury would have no choice but to basically respond to him based on the lies that he will present. Until that sort of distinction between, the, 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 until his inability to lie and walk away is, is pierced, until that moment comes, the people who support him will continue to do so. There will be no great change. This is going to go on for months. There will be the grinding process of moving closer and closer to trial. But it's not until you see him in a courtroom, seething as someone uh, points to him and says, everything that I did illegally was because of this guy over here. And knowing that he wants to jump up and say, it was perfectly fine. What I did was great. You're lying. It's a total lie. There was no other. That, and you know, and you're going to watch him, you know, just, just, you'll remember watching him at the White House uh, press corps dinner, the one that Obama, the one that Obama did that drilled him a whole bunch of new, uh, new you know, orifices, the one where allegedly Donald made the decision to run for president that night. And his head is shaking, and he's kind of smiling, and you know he wants to jump up and, and run on the stage and start throttling Barack if he could. But this is gonna be worse. This is going to be worse because his freedom will be at stake. And everybody who links their sense of grievance and anger to him is finally going to have to understand that the grievances that Donald has are over things of his own making. They are not imposed. They are they are brought upon. It is things that he has created. It is problems that he has, that he has initiated. It is not the world against Donald. It's Donald against the world. His inability to speak the truth, his inability to do anything trustworthy, all of that is going to begin to play out as we watch this man in a trial environment as we watch him get convicted, as we watch people then have to decide how will the voting go. This is all going to come in, in large measure. You're going to get this in the last three months, four months 
uh, of next year, before the campaign. But starting in August of next year, maybe July, that's when all of this is going to finally start hitting the numerics. When you're finally going to start seeing the reactions to all this, I'm saying by mid to late summer of next year. We're a year off! So there's plenty of time for people to still feel as though they, 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 that they could still unite themselves in his grievances and, and his lies and his anger and even knowing that he's lying. But the grievance is more important than the truth of anything. To not have to consider what would happen if he were reelected. To not have to consider what it would be like in a retribution presidency. No, just the grievance is there. None of it's real. None of it's real yet. It's all about anger, and it's all about macho, and it's all about grievance. And the notion of how this could affect the country, what somebody who is about to be convicted and sentenced of criminal activity, how taking that person and embracing them and saying, let's put him with his mindset, with this point of view, with this punishment that he said, let's still put him in the White House and let's see what he does to us. That's what these people will be confronted with. Now, whether or not as a convict he would be able to actually serve, there's a whole bunch of uh, simultaneous things going on in that, on that path. Can he serve? Would he serve? Would the 14th Amendment, would the third paragraph of the 14th Amendment preclude him completely? Would, uh, can a bunch of, uh, could, a, could a bunch of secretaries of states of the swing states basically refuse to have him on the ballot? Where would, th this, this is gonna go all over the place. But it's not going to be till Donald pays a personal price. That, this, that, that, that his sycophants, that the faithful, will be challenged about using him as the high priest of grievance to sort of channel and, 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 and sublimate everything in their lives. And I'm saying right now, it's, it's not going to be until this time next summer that you're really, really, really going to get a sense of what's going on. Depends on the trial pace. It depends on how this all works out. So as much as I'd like to say that Labor Day uh, is having a major difference in our political conversation, in our political uh, reality, uh, probably not. Not for a while yet. People will still, people who know better, will still have a way of embracing him and those who know better and still embrace him know that a, a day of reckoning for them and him is coming. And we'll see where that leads us. But it's still going to be a while before we see it. I don't, I, I don't want to say patience. I, I want to say vigilance. I, I want to say hope. That, that we can, that, that more can be done on the democratic end and on the, that our entire left spectrum, center left and even center right, but left mostly, to basically bring the country out of its, out of its insanity. There is an insanity here. There is a, there is a, a complete denial of truth for the sake of 
of, of, of expressing grievance and, and without, without really recognizing the consequences of doing it at the expense of the country. The, doing something that would only end, that, could on, that can only end with a bigger insurrection or, than the last time around. He's gonna lose again. I mean, <laughs> Donald's not gonna beat Joe Biden again. He lost by 8 million the last time. He's going to lose by much more this time. And all hell is going to break loose. And you'll be hearing me talking about, thinking about what to do the next time. That's going to be a major theme. If I were, if I were Joe Biden and his people right now, I would start getting on that. What happens when he loses this time? Does that mean that we therefore have to elect him? No. We have to be prepared. Because when he loses this time, he's going to try doing something a hell of a lot worse. His people are going to be absolutely desperate. And the lies are going to be, can't stop that. We can't stop it. But we can be prepared to deal with it. Never will there be another insurrection. That's the applause line. Never will people attack the Capitol. And anyone who tries attacking any government institutions or offices will be dealt with instantly, harshly, and immediately, blah, 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 in the same way that Donald's being dealt with. That's got to be the argument. Donald will always raise the ante. He's going to go as far as he can. I've already said on, the, on, the, on, on this microphone, it would not surprise me we found him finding a way out of U.S. airspace, even though his passport has been confiscated, but suddenly he finds his way into Russian airspace. It would not surprise me, not in the least. With uh, the blessing of, uh, of uh, the CIA or however this would be worked out, just to get him the hell out of here and essentially to negate him politically, and end, end any possibility of this man having any real control within the United States. And then basically leaving it to the most virulent of, of sycophants to love, worship, and adore him uh, based on God knows what. But we don't know how that's going to play out. Not for a while yet. What I do know, but maybe you want to try this yourself. When you get into one of those conversations, ask that one question, one simple question. Answer me this. Did Donald win the 2020 election? Yes or no? Based on your knowledge, did he win the 2020 election? And do say, based on your knowledge. And that answer will tell you whether or not you can have a conversation with that person whether you could trust anything else that they might say to you. You might go so far as to tell that person if they give you the, you know, yes, he did win. Well, just, I don't know that I can, I don't know if I could trust you. you know, I don't know if I can trust your, you know, anything you tell me. How can I, how can I trust you? We both know that that's not true. So, you know, why are you saying that to me? Things might be getting a little dicey around that time. But that's the bottom line here. A denial of known truths, shared truths, for the sake of being able to link up with the grievance that this man basically uh, fronts for the entire, for the base and others who want to have this, who, who, who feel there's something to gain by just mindlessly linking up with him.
It's going to have to play out. That's, that's why we play the games. That, this is just going to happen. Thoughts as we <laughs> come back from a Labor Day holiday. That and, uh, and of course, uh, a little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. 
Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can on a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know, we all know, we can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. I, I've, I've gotten to a point where... If I have a conversation with a Trumpian sort, and otherwise what I would think, an intelligent person, but who happens to express a, a Trump thing, I will ask one question and one question order. Answer me this. Did Donald win the 2020 election based on what you know? And that answer will tell you whether you can trust that person at all. <laughs>